Okay, let's try this. Okay. Hey, Laura. Hey, Mace. So this is us on a podcast. I know. We're like not on a stage, but speaking to microphones. It's kind of wild. Honestly, I kind of like the intimacy. I'm into it. And we hope that you, the person at home who's listening to this, is into it as well. Yeah. Are you into our timbre? Why don't you subscribe to our podcast? Hit that button, will you? Right now. Because this show is called Queer Town. And wait, we should do that together. Okay. This show is called Queer Queer Town. Town. And yeah, we we can do it better. We're we're, we're figuring this out. It's a work in progress. (laughs) Queer Town. Queer Town. This podcast is called Queer Queer Town. Town. Okay, that was a little better. That was bad. I think that was better than before. Still not great, though. No. Okay, let's just shake it out. Shake it out. Okay. We are hosting a show called Queer Town. I, okay, like I want to say B plus, but the best we've done yeah. yet. But I think A is in our. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little softer and a little lower. Okay, I'll go I'll go right here. This is what where I'll right. stay. Okay. okay. Hey y'all, welcome to our podcast Queer, Queer Town. Town. I'm Mace Kerwick, and I'm Laura De La Fuente. And what you're about to listen to is a really intimate conversation between the two of us. Yeah, I think we're going to dish out everything we can about our personal lives in relation to our queerness and also our queer relationship with Austin. Yeah, we've been living in Austin, Texas for years now. And Laura recently announced that she is going to be moving to Los Angeles. (laughs) Yum, yum. So we've been hosting this live variety show, Queer Town, in Austin since 2017, and it's becoming a podcast. We are looking to bring on queer and trans Austinites to talk about the relationship with our ever-changing city in the hope that can help shed a light on all the amazing folks who call the 512 home sweet homo. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that was good. So put your best headphones on and... Press freaking play, if you will. Yeah, this is episode one of Queer Town. Of Queer Town. Queer Town! Cool. So, you'll notice there's only two voices here yeah. today on this pod. Um, if you've been a longtime fan. If you've uh, been a longtime fan, which I'm sure many of you have been. <laughs> yeah, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for going to the and live shows. And we do want to say that we miss Javi. Yes. Javi is... Just, he wasn't available to join us right now. No. And uh, given the kind of changes that we're doing with our format, with this version of Mm -hmm. the show, it felt kind of right to start it with two of us. I think so. So that we can maybe muster through some of these technical issues. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, our very naughty production assistants are definitely complicating things. (laughs) I think they're I think they're being chill right now. Uh and by production's assist production assistants we do mean two cats who yeah. are uh I are we gonna say free spirits in the space? They Yeah. They're they're counter cats, they're box cats, they're, they're swatting cats. Yeah, they're equal contributors to the vibe. To the vibe, yes. And yes, yes. I wish that I had the authority to say, hey, uh you should not be in this space. But the reality is that they feel uh, like they're my equal mm-hmm. and because of that they're all of our equal right and and you know uh, Mace I know you're you're an Aries a fire sign I think what we're saying is we have three fire signs in the house taking up so much of the energy as equal <laughs> as equal participants uh, and so we just 
We give them respect and space. We also. give them respect and space. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we are so excited to have Javi on future episodes. But for this one, you're just going to hear Laura and I. So mm-hmm. if you are a Javi diehard, just skip to the next episode whenever that one comes mm-hmm. out. And Oh my God. But if you are, like, why would you not hear me <laughs> in maze? Like, just we've, keep going. We've got good stories. DM I, me why. I think, what am I missing? What is Javi bringing that, I, that we don't have? You know, that's a great question. And I think uh, a lot of excellent therapy advice, uh-huh. uh, a really grounded sexual energy. Grounded sexual energy. I think Javi would love knowing that he has grounded <laughs> sexual energy. <laughs> but Javi, if we've never said that to your face, you do. You and that's know. And that's one of your greatest strengths. Um, but, but. I, I mean, going into essentially like Hot topics. Hot topics. And what we're... Wait, 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 wait. Different. Oh, yes. Before we get into hot topics... Oh, my God. Yes, please. We need to open a new <gasps> bottle of wine. Oh. So I recently joined a natural wine club. Uh-huh. So this is my big thing of mm-hmm. the moment. And this is um, a Vin Rouge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a red wine from France. Mm-hmm. And we're going to open this and try this. And I'm going to be opening it on air. So if it gets a little weird, hopefully it's funny. (laughs) Ooh. Oh, wow. That sounds like a haunted house door. <laughs> okay, so um so I destroyed the cork, unfortunately. Um I'm feeling a lot of pressure. Oh, so I'm not pivoting, looking. Uh, Drew and I are not. So it's Drew <laughs> and I are not looking. It has nothing to do with y'all looking at me. I think it's more the fact that I've never in my life opened a bottle of wine while talking into a microphone sure. Sure, sure, sure. and wearing headphones. What we're, what we're saying is there's a whole position, if you will, like like batters in, in, in baseball have a swing. Mm-hmm. You have a swing for using the wine key. The microphone's impeding that. And and the, This is looking uh, a little dangerous. No, 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 no. Two more twists and you're good. Am I done? Okay. Okay, okay, it's, it's, wish me, it's breaking, it is breaking, yep. La mm-hmm. vie, oh, oh, <laughs> um, wow, so this is a great physical should bit we, that unfortunately, okay, so you. Mace has broken the cork, and I, I there's an <laughs> inch left of cork fully in the bottle. You know what? Okay, this is hard work. Okay. Yeah, no, I I, I'm about to uh, <laughs> talk to my manager who is uh, not real and is maybe one of these cats, okay? I mean, I've we've all broken a cork before. I, 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 I don't think it's... And, and props to you for not just pushing it in. I think at this oh, stage ho, I would have pushed ho, it in. Ho, ho. Oh, la, la. Also, props to you, Mace, for, for even supplying the wine. I, I came here oh. empty-handed with personality. It's all that I and that's. Um, don't mind me. I'm just grabbing a, a little spoon so I can get this little bit of cork out of the wine. Mm, little bit of little cork. Little bit of cork. Out of the. Wow. Okay. Out of the. Seamlessly wine. executed. Here, um, bring me that glass. Oh, thank so you. So if you at home have some wine, I highly encourage you to drink some. Drink some with us. But if you're listening to this at like 9 a.m., I don't know. Maybe just do like a, a vibe check. Because that might not be the right move for you right now. Yeah. It is 
definitely evening for us here. So we are uh, good to go. All right. So inaugural cheers. Inaugural cheers. To us and to... To queers. To queers. Yeah. So, Austin. Let's talk about Austin as a city. The culture, the vibe, the stereotype. Uh, I think we're obviously... We've lived here for years. Mm -hmm. And we know it, but... Let's like invite people in who maybe are new to the city, new to the show, or have no idea of what Austin is. Yeah, I'm going on year, moved here January of 2013, so this is like completing year eight of being here, is that right? Yeah. Um, so you've seen quite a change yeah, in the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hemming and hawing, like how could a house here possibly call it? It cost two hundred fifty thousand to being like, damn! I wish I would have bought that house for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Not that I have any means to do that. Um, Boomer economy. But I think uh, kind of what we're saying is now looking at who is moving here and who is able to move here and what kind of ideology are they bringing to the space and even in a what kind of ideology are they bringing to a, a queer space, a dating space? I think that's interesting obviously me not as somebody who's dating but as somebody mace who's going on dates like what what has that been like for you uh i think that let me reset let me reset that i think there's a complexity to dating here that there is this peter pan persona and i think that comes from people who are very easy to relocate their life. Uh, they don't have those concrete connections, and that might translate to that psychological mentality of someone who um, is very nebulous with how they go about their life, with how they go about defining themselves. And it's fascinating because I grew up here, right? Mm-hmm. And this city has had the tagline of keep Austin weird. And yet I feel like every decision that is happening is tiptoeing or perhaps even running in some instances away from weird. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a huge I think it's a huge threat right now in in people who have have been here a minute and I even realize that they've been here a minute, too. And like, oh, you could say, you know, condos are being built. That might be true for like gentrification of a lot of, of affordable neighborhoods, but like. We're not saying a neighborhood. We're saying an entire city now. Yeah. And and how does that affect? How does that affect? Sure, dating. How does it affect making new friends in the area? Mm-hmm. How does it affect? Well, in legislation, right? Yeah. Because you figure Austin is truthfully more progressive than Texas. But we are also limited by uh, the state representatives that we have. We are limited by our incredibly gerrymandered districts that we live within. And it's interesting to me that we are getting this influx of new people who are all very nebulous with how they go about their life. Because how is that individual impacting uh, movement work here? How is that individual plugging into advocating for changes because they might not be here long term. I mean, you've been here almost eight years. I've been here the bulk of my life. I think we have witnessed so many excellent propositions 
fail and we've witnessed so many horrific things pass and it's a really weird space to be in. Yeah. No, it is. It kind of fucks with you a little bit. Yeah. And I think the mental health aspect of living in Texas Mm. needs to be called out because I went to a wedding in Missouri where I went to college and it was so fascinating because everyone there was in a much better mental health state. They're like, yes, like the state of the world right now is not great, objectively speaking, but I personally am thriving. And I feel like so many people that I know here in Austin are going through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know too much uh, too much about like St. Louis or, or like Missouri as a as a political area of the country. Um, I mean, not a shining beacon of hope, <laughs> but somehow better than here. Yeah, I could I could see that a little bit farther north. Um yeah, I think I think it um I mean, how much have I like personally you know, even as a as a uterus haver, how much have I thought about how the politics are affecting me from a daily basis? Like how I'm trying to find hope through the world and like, oh man, I guess I'm a little low today. I guess I am like a little bit depressed today. I mean, I guess I am going through a career change. You know, I, I, I could see that. But like, li- like literally I'm, I am, I just in the past, I mean, let's just say month of, of recent uh, uh, political changes in terms of uh, abortion and abortion access I think like oh fuck like that absolutely 100% affects me like as much as I try to be like an optimist and like remove myself from the pol- like absolutely affects me it absolutely, absolutely does. affects my and partner and I think that has to be wife. recognized yeah. yeah because I historically have said people should not have to move to live their fullest life yeah and yet this is really the first time in my life yeah. that I am thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. there is so much validity to moving somewhere where you have elected officials who are looking out for their constituents, mm-hmm. who are not looking out for profit or whatever weird national headline a lot of Texas leaders want. And I'm comfortable saying that. Like, fuck it. I think that there is a really shameful disconnect here between what a lot of people in Texas want and what is actually happening and I think that that deserves to change. Yes, thank you, Miss. I do, I do. I also think it it deserves to change. And it, it most of the time it feels hopeless. Most of the time it feels like. I mean, I, I think you know, most recently a, a federal judge said, you know, it was. Um, I forget the words he he used. Um, let's just say ob- obscene. Um, the laws against women and access to abortion in, in Texas. And um, uh, sure, it, it felt nice, but it it almost still wasn't enough, I, I think, because yeah. we know around the corner is something new and a new uh, attack against it. And it's, 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 it is uh, sometimes hard. I think, especially for me personally, because I do tend to be an optimist, I do tend to find the funny and everything to be like, no, like this is a... Uh, something that you are are waking up and moving through the world into like you should be a little bit more centered with how it is affecting you because if you don't if you're not even saying it even out loud now like how does that carry through that burden that you're walking like like you're walking around with like you need to say it out loud because because you name it and then you see it and that's I don't, I think it's important to at least say out loud, like, hey, the person really sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it is getting to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's getting to me and my uterus, too. 
uh, and the uterus of my my partner and my wife. So it's yeah, I think I th- I think uh, grateful for the pod to have the space to say it, but like it's, it's hard to see any kind of hope while we're being here. That's what you're saying, yeah. like sure, like there's absolutely the train of thought that says, well, I shouldn't like leave here. Like that doesn't help anything because a progressive voice is ultimately helpful for women in, in women's health. But like for my own mental health, like when, when is, what is my personal limit yeah. for this? And it's, it's tough. It's a struggle, but then also like career aspirations might affect that too. But I think yeah, like, it's, it's a very complicated yeah. uh, situation for you. And, and I think yeah. that's what I am in a weird way, looking forward to holding space on this show for, for you, for people that we bring on, yeah. uh, to hear their perspectives. Because I think that that is what we need right now is hearing from queer and trans people how they're being impacted by this moment and what it is like to have a brain in Austin, Texas <laughs> <laughs> in this particular moment. Yeah. And and I think people who want to stay, totally valid. People who want to leave, totally valid. And I hope that Queer Town as a show can shine a spotlight on maybe some voices that traditional media isn't showcasing. Yeah. I think that's it, man. Here, here. Here, here. Queer, queer. Queer, queer. <laughs> <laughs> So I know we normally talk about uh, pop culture. Uh-oh. Okay, we're getting the logistics of this. We're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I recently went to Whole Foods and I, 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 okay, buckle up because this is about to be a lot more interesting than you think it is. <laughs> so I'm shopping and, right, like everyone's wearing face masks. It is... Um, you know, sort of a neutral time to go to the grocery store because it's hard to tell who's who. Well, I saw a woman who looked a lot like Elizabeth Olsen. And I recognized her because you and I were both really big fans of WandaVision. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Very, we love that very show. Good. Yes, yes, yes. And to me, she has very distinct eyes. And so I'm seeing this woman shop around and I don't know anything about like, Lizzie Olsen's height or um, like what her personality is. Mm -hmm. But I saw those eyes over her face mask and I was like 100% certain that it was Elizabeth Olsen. And lo and behold, I read online today that her new HBO Max show, uh, Candy, which is about Candy Montgomery, who killed, I think the wife of the guy she was having an affair with in Dallas in the 1980s is filming in Hutto. So I am like 100% certain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that I grocery shopped at the same time as Elizabeth Olsen. Which Whole Foods was it just to feed the fodder? Well, okay. I don't want to like have like all of our fans who are also diehard fans of uh, Lizzie Olsen mm-hmm. uh, stalker. But if you were interested, it was the Whole Foods Market on East Fifth Street <sighs> in Plaza Saltillo. That is my favorite one. It's great. Yeah. It's it's very easy to walk around. Mm-hmm. It's very... Um, parking is stress-free. Parking is stress-free, yeah. Also, fuck Amazon, though, for the record. Yeah, and for the record. I don't limit that, yeah. the goings up. Although my cat does eat Whole Foods dry food, and we cannot take her off of it, so we're kind of pot committed at this point. Pop, pop reference um, to to that food. 
It is uh, the closest grocery store to my house. So mm-hmm. it, True. Um, it also sells, this is terrible. It also is the only place that sells uh, this jovial brand of Italian made gluten free pasta that I adore. <laughs> and it is made in Italy in like these like silver uh, cisterns that, and it's delicious. And it is my favorite fucking. <laughs> this is so, so in this first episode one, I'm a big asshole. I love calling one. Also, I got heavy raisin in molasses. So props to you, Mace. Mm. Uh, I, Andy, I don't know if you got it too. Uh, about like a minute into drinking a couple sips of this wine. So, so I would love to just take a moment. Sure. We are like, we're going to talk about hard hitting issues in Austin, Texas. And we have so far talked a lot about food. (laughs) I haven't had dinner slash did cook it. And it is on the stove top. It's waiting for you. It's a cute little like, "Mm, baby, I left you, you know, baby, I left you on the stove top. Wow, that's such a good Carne picada, um, you know, with vegetarian meat, the Gardein ground beef, groundless ground beef. Don't know for fans. Oh, Um, I actually do prefer, God damn it. Only talking about food. I do prefer their meatballs to their ground beef. There's something weird about the ground, the beefless ground beef. Reply in the comments if you agree. Now, are but we talking the, about Beyond Meat? Impossible. Uh, uh, Ga- Gardein or Garden? G- you know, right. Big fan over here. I- I'd say I'm about. Thank you for asking. About like 50% meat eating, 50% like vegetarian, which does not map to my sexuality. But it's also like <laughs> yeah, I prefer to eat. What would a what would a, a correct map to your sexuality be? Oh God, the Kinsey meat scale of sexuality. <laughs> I would say if we're saying if we're speaking to a binary, which I feel like we might be here. A I think in this bit. particular in this instance, particular yes. case, yes, yes, yes. Um, I would say I am probably like eighty-five. That's pretty high percent. We'll say vegetarian, like fifteen percent meat eating. As I've said that, I disagree. I think it's like mm. seven, maybe you seventy. You yeah. literally surprised yourself. I did. With what you said. I did because I thought about the alternative, and I was like, no. Um, I think it might be like a seventy thirty. Okay. Vegeta, meat eating. <laughs> Mace, how about you? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah. So, <laughs> as Drewski knows, I am a failed vegan. <laughs> uh, I eat seafood. And eggs, okay. and I feel okay with that right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm about to do an Ayurvedic health cleanse where I will be eating no meat or dairy. So kind of excited for that. I guess I'll be eating ghee, which is um, a very special form of butter, oh. um, and that'll be it. Cow based? Question mark? Yes. Fat? Uh, yeah, yes. I yeah, think yeah. Uh, the traditional Indian method is. God, we're yeah, just cowboys. assholes. On this yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. We are literally like people are going to pick it. People, us. Are, yeah, right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, but I I don't eat a lot of meat, and when I do, I try yeah. to be intentional with it. That's true. We have a fan who enjoys that you don't make meat. <gasps> oh no. Oh no. I okay. Okay. That was my bad. Okay. I well, tried to bring Oscar over here. He's in a little box right now. I picked up the box. The box broke. To his credit, though, he is checking out the box on the floor. I'm sorry. Brief pause. I just, I, <laughs> I had to inspect how badly the box broke. It, it broke. Um, it, it really it broke. broke. You know, you didn't think that Queer Town was going to be a high stakes scenario, but this is an <laughs> this action is adventure game, podcast. Baby. Okay. <laughs> so, something that I would like to talk about with you. Oh my gosh, please, yes. So, Laura, you're married. Yes. I'm not. I'm single. Mm-hmm. And I think you talked about your sexuality earlier. So, mm-hmm. I'm pan. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's sort of a new label for me. Yeah. I've historically gone with queer, but pan feels right in this moment. Um, so, in front of me, 
<laughs> this is a surprise. I recently, um, just out of curiosity, sure. I've gone on a lot of dates this year. And I was curious about the number of dates I've gone on. And I did the math. And I don't know if you're ready for this. A hundred percent excited. Maybe 90% ready. Okay. <laughs> I have gone on 25 dates with 26 people. <laughs> okay. Uh, two thumbs. Since, since January 1st. Four thumbs up right here <laughs> from all. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, so when I say 25 Just, dates with 26 right, people, right, that's right. an interesting classifier. It is, yes, yes. Uh, one of those dates uh, was with two guys who are in a relationship already. And I went on a double date with them, but instead of me bringing someone else, I was on a date with both of them at the same time. Was this like a dinner? Was it a drinks? Was it at their house? Your house? Uh, it was a dinner followed by drinks followed by their house. Rad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for divulging every step of the way. For, you know, it, it felt... For relevant. the horniest listeners, they're like, pause for pause, 10 baby. minutes right yeah. now, baby. It no. was fascinating to go back with two people on a first date to not have sex. <laughs> <laughs> Your your laugh to me says uh, how like how how is that possible? It it felt like it could have been possible, gotcha. but then as reality played out, it was like, oh okay, different vibe tonight. Cool, cool, cool. Mm, okay, so you maybe were on the page of this, and tell me if this is too personal. You were on the page of like, oh, this is probably happening tonight. Uh, well, we had had a vibe check while we were like getting drinks. It was literally, and I love this. It, it was a consent based conversation, wow. which I think is super important. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously, like it was sort of a new territory for me. I had never gone on a date uh, with two people at the same time, so that was sort of novel and exciting. Um, and I can't remember which one of us brought it up, but we did have like a vibe check for like what we would be interested in. And I don't think any of us were like down to like have a like true threesome, but I think that there was, uh, I don't know, like a wink that like maybe it could like head in some kind of direction like that. And instead they ended up giving me like an hour long tour of the fantastic landscaping that they've done around their house. And I was not expecting that. And um, shout out to Native Edge Landscaping Garden 17, our friends, for Chicken Run. <laughs> Who I did not go on a date with, but yes, no, they do have no, absolutely amazing, not them, but what we're saying uh, is yeah, amazing. Garden Center right. and uh, Landscaping Company. Seem <laughs> <laughs> at the perfect time. Uh, so, unfortunately, one of our PAs is a little interested in his automatic feeder right now. Excuse me, uh, sir, could you focus on the task I mean, at hand? I think for a queer podcast, a cat rummaging around meowing occasionally is part of the course. You know, it does feel like we've been calling this the Queer Town Clubhouse, but let's, I mean, be, let's be real, we're in my house. <laughs> <laughs> With two cats, and there's an automatic feeder going on. I think that adds to the It's very ambience. queer. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like we have a potluck. We're talking about our digestive issues, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> we're about to talk about... Um, atheism and non-monogamy i mean we're talking about non-monogamy right now already right. so that is like a very well, real i mean i'm glad you said that because i just learned about ethical non-monogamy I, I again been married for quite some time don't so much know about like progressive labels for relationships did a audition where that was brought up and i was like oh, that's funny and the person reading with me was like oh no that's like very much a thing and has been a thing for a while 
Um, yeah, I mean, you know that I dated a, someone who's married to someone else last year, right? I, I mean, I do, yes. That was one of the highlights of my pandemic year was, was <laughs> hearing uh, updates on Mace's relationship status. Yeah, I, I think that I am in an uh, era of exploration with non-monogamy. I don't know if it's something that I want to engage in long-term, always and forever, but it has been something that I have actively explored and looked into for the last like two years of my life. And I have no regrets about that. And it's fascinating to me the judgment that I have received from certain people who very clearly want it to be a phase. They want it to be this like moment of uh, questioning. And, and it is in a way, but I also think that that's denying the authenticity of people who are in relationships like that and who are very intentional with being poly or open or whatever label feels right for them, whatever connection outside of that relationship. Um, and I think as someone who's single right now, to be exploring what my next relationship could look like from the ground up, it's a very empowering place to be in. Yeah, because it sounds like, you know, we're clamoring for sexuality as a spectrum. We're speaking mostly to sexuality here, but I think like sexuality is a spectrum. And yet what I'm hearing is people are like, yeah, but what are you? And yeah. I want to hear your label right now. It's like, okay, but what we're saying is it's going to constantly change and evolve as I'm going through more sexual experiences, more relationship Absolutely. experiences. And yet people are like mad that you don't know your label yeah. in the moment. Like it, 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 it It's weird. Yeah, it, yeah. It's this odd paradox. Yeah. Yeah. Of, I, I think so many people who are queer, um, there's a lot of very typical uncertainties. And I think that I myself have echoed those or experienced them in my own time and in my own way. And especially as someone who has experienced sexual trauma to figure out how I want to go back into having physical intimacy and just to be fully transparent, I am seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist right now. It was a very out. vulnerable, Shout big out. statement for me to be making, especially as a guy, because I feel like that is something that is very traditionally, mm -hmm. and perhaps rightfully so, uh, affiliated with people who are pregnant or uh, recently gave birth. Um, but a lot of people, or like myself- Or incontinence, we're going to say it on this pod, yeah. you know, like pelvic floor therapy, Kegels, Kegels, those are all a part of pelvic floor yeah. And there are yoni eggs. I mean, it's all of that is associated with pelvic floor, too. And so, yeah, you're exactly right. So I think perhaps you, Mace, for like freaking bringing it up. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels very vulnerable because I feel like as someone who was assigned male at birth and identifies as a guy, that there is a lot of butt phobia. And it was really interesting because last year... I got a diagnosis of prostatitis, which is an infection of the prostate. And I went on three rounds of antibiotics. And I don't know if that was necessary. And it's a really interesting place to be so uncertain about my own body. And it's incredibly vulnerable to be single and to still be dealing with the side effects of being on antibiotics for that long. Mm. And the sort of reset that that had and to... There's a lot of people who don't want to hold space for that. Yeah. They want you to be this perfect person that is more of a fantasy than um, an actualized human being with a lived history. Yeah. And you talked about it like uh, medicine and what that does to specifically antibiotics and what that does to your gut. And like, 
I know that like it is so you just said it is so often not talked about enough and I I think like to be that perfect I mean I mean I don't I don't know if you want to say like perfect gay male or perfect queer male or just to speak mm-hmm. to like I think gay male of, like that, is that okay label yes 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 it is not necessarily the label that I would give myself sure. I think it is so easy to give that to me yeah. to look at me through that lens yeah. Yeah. and sure like I don't necessarily fight against that like by and large, that is a community that I think that I have existed within for quite some time now, but I don't think it's fully accurate. And it's so interesting to me, the men who identify as gay and the men who identify as queer, mm-hmm. bi, pan, whatever, because there seems to be this more holistic appreciation for people are going to come with baggage. They are going to come with something that is not convenient in the moment. Yeah. I mean, and that's a good segue when you were talking about that or maybe not even segue, but I think like tangentially to like Austin and clubs and bars, because when you're talking about gay men, I am going to think about a a rain. I am going to think about maybe Mm -hmm. an an oil can hairs. I'm going to think about fourth street. Yeah. And then when you talk about a more queer identified, even even a queer identified man, even to speak in that binary, I am going to start thinking about like a cheer up Charlie's or something that's more open and more. Oh, holistic does not feel like the right word, but just people who are listening. Yeah, and more it, expressive. More expressive, perhaps. sure. Yeah. And I think that's, the, to me, that that's kind of what I'm hearing. Like, you you, you want to, ultimately, it's all about human connection, right? And, like, you want people to hear you. Who is going to hear you the most? And that might be a, a community or a space that is more open to diversifying an understanding of, of sexuality. Yeah. And I think that Austin is a very unique city in this regard Yeah, because we have a lot of people who have moved here recently, uh, you know, for better or worse, we are a, a vastly growing city that is, um, really getting a lot of the same kind of person. And I feel like I've gone on a number of dates mm. with that type of person. That's interesting. Someone who is new to Austin, who's probably coming from, West Coast or East Coast, and uh, doesn't really know who he is, doesn't really know what he's looking for. It's very emblematic of that Peter Pan mentality that is so often Mm -hmm. attributed to the city. Mm -hmm. And it's almost become like a yellow flag. I don't want to say a red flag because it is perfectly fine to not know who you are or what you want out of dating. I think that that's just a phase of life, right? Uh, But whenever I am on a date with someone like that, it is like, ooh, I really need to like de-escalate the situation because I have found that the minute I bring up something complex, it's like they look at me differently because they wanted something that was easy, that didn't require thought. And it's like, that is not real. <laughs> it, well, it's not, it's not real for you. I mean, I, I think no, it's like, in this moment yeah, least. not in this moment. And it's, it, both are existing in this space. We're talking about you personally and what you are looking for in the time that you're spending on the dates but it's also you're speaking to a culture and like there's let's just say a guy for the sake of a binder who's looking for a very specific kind of guy Mm -hmm. and they'll find that in austin but when they go on a date with mace kerwick like it's a little different yeah and i don't know you've been in a relationship for so long yes yes, yes. and you've been married for Mm -hmm. quite a while yeah, 2012, December 2012. So that's, you know, nine, we're creeping on nine yeah, years of being married. Years. We've been together for 14 years. Wow. Yeah. So like you've never done a dating app. I've never done a you've dating app. You've never been on a dating app. No. 
Never. Not once. I know. What is your like thought process when like, I mean, you've known me for, I think five years now. Like we've been friends for that long Mm -hmm. and like you (laughs) obviously like witnessed so many moments in my life. So many uh, dating stories. What is your perspective of like someone like me who just continues to go back out there? (laughs) It's like you, uh, are rooted in this really amazing, healthy relationship. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think like it's, I'm grateful that I have so many, you know, outside of a, so we're, we're going to say non-male and, and male identity. And, and that might be like a, a way to sort of split, like, sure, you have a lesbian identity, you have a, a gay cis male identity, from a like a gender perspective you have males and then like there's like a non a non-male space i think like when i've observed a dating scenario in mace i've always been like well they're a very special bunny and so they're gonna need a very special person to like see them mm. um and i i think it makes sense that you are going through this like period of time where you have not found the person really quickly because i think you're a, a special a special person. And I, I think that's going to take somebody who, who gets it or who is also like, I don't know, I'm figuring it out in, in a queer way. Not, I'm just figuring it out. I'm trying to figure out who I am. Like, who, who, who am, am who? I? Right. Do I like Ariana Grande more? Like, oh, do I like Gaga? Gaga. I like Gaga. I'm pretty, it's probably Gaga. Uh, uh, is it Miley? Right. I don't know. It could be Miley. Miley's new phase of being a rocker. Like, I don't, I, I think like, I don't know. I think you, it, to me, it all makes sense. And I think you're going to find the person or the people who mm. who make you feel uh, seen and who are I always have like this highlighter and like magic marker theory for people I think people for you are either like highlighters and bring out the good stuff for you or you meet them and they're like just these like fucking black like markers and they don't allow you oh, to that's very good yeah I've, I've I, I kind of yeah I maybe made it up and so I think like I've, I feel fortunate that like I've have a lot of highlighters in in my life from from friends and I think the it, it applies to everybody in your life and I think from a relationship standpoint, I'm grateful that Bonice is a, a highlighter and, 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 and I hope I am, uh, to them as well. And, and I think like you're going to find your highlighter maze, like it's, but it takes time. It takes time. Yeah. And, and I do think that there's a lot of stuff that I've had to work through. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that I've obviously gone on dates with in the interim. So it's so fascinating in this like weird paradoxical way for me to be like, God, all these people like don't know who they are. Right. Meanwhile, I've gone on dates with 26 people this year. 25 dates with 26 people. That's that going to be our first merch, by the way. 25 dates, 26 people. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just um, a little petrified of any of those people figuring out about that number. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but obviously, like, you're still dating. So I'm still dating. Whatever. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't long term with any of them. Um. Okay, so this is an interesting question yes. that we um, are maybe coming to the end of this episode. Oh. And we're figuring out the structure, right, as mm-hmm. we go. Yes. And we had talked about having, like, a fun thing that we wanted to do. <laughs> um, what I came up with was, what do you feel most guilty about right now? And that's because I most recently got an Apple Watch for me and Bonice. And I, I- wait, 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 wait. You got one Apple Watch for two. No, people. no, no. Okay, that does sound very. <laughs> that sounds antithetical co- to what the Apple Watch is no. intended to do. Health data. Uh. 
Right. Um, no, uh, two watch. We each have a watch, and I, oh, two I, watches. Okay. what I, I hate is how expensive they are, and how are you are contractually obligated to essentially stay with your carrier because they communicate from your phone to your uh, watch, and so it's like kind of hard to like switch that over. Uh, but at the same time, like, I kind of like that I'm like, uh, generally a. Okay, so my Apple Watch has told me I'm generally a lazy fuck during the day and I need to stand up. Time to stand up. And uh, that's been helpful, but also, like, I just wish it didn't cost so much per month. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I I, uh, was schemed into this because I thought I was paying for two HBO Max accounts, and I was. And so the AT&T rep was like, oh, yeah, no, all you do is cancel one. But also, we're offering right now a two-for-one account based on your dedicated membership to AT&T. I'm slightly familiar with two-for-one. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> 25 days with 26 people um but what that, that and it's and yet it's stupid and i we're gonna fucking keep them it's fine uh, but what about you mace what are you most what are you not feeling most guilty about but what is like the thing that you're like fucking god damn it mm, fucking god damn it uh that's a great question uh i think um hmm I don't know if I have an easy answer for this. I was going to say it does ask for a little bit of vulnerability because I think Apple Watch is like the most less grounded answer to that. Like even I could have a better answer to that question. Mm. You know but it I was mean? clearly top of mind. So I think it's valid. In that yeah, yeah, yeah. I also am not even wearing it right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think one thing that I feel a bit of guilt with sure. is... Um, just this pelvic floor physical therapy that I'm going through because I have hit a bit of like a plateau with it. And part of that is because I don't want to be doing it anymore. Are you going in person or is it like exercises? Yeah. But like the the big thing is is like the exercises that I need to do like on my own. And I've been doing it for six months now. Oh, and there's this part of me that's like so ready to be done with it. And I think I feel guilty about that in a way where it's like, it's so annoying and it's so inconvenient to have this chronic pain and to be having these daily issues with my own body. And yet I'm also like, I need a vacation from this because it is just a lot on the reg. Do you feel like you, they've been helping though? Oh, it's been incredibly beneficial. And I've also been seeing a sex therapist in tandem with all of this. Hell yeah. Which has been great just to sort of talk through. uh, Because like PT by and large, at least the PT that I'm going through, is like medicalizing my body. Medicalizing. Medicalizing. And I need to like not look at it always from a medical lens. I need to look at it from like the dimensionality that a body affords with pleasure and just like general neutral everyday things that we don't really think about. Um, And and so it's fascinating to sort of prioritize those. But yeah, there is a guilt with feeling like I am complaining about this journey that is so essential. And I'm also like, God, I am just over this. But why do you see it as complaining? I mean, I think you're talking about it. I, yeah. Okay, that's a very kind way of looking at it. I think I'm just like, oh, I I just want the easy fix. And maybe that's mm, what I feel guilty Okay, with, I see what you're saying. Is that I'm very um, finish line oriented with this when it really is about, you know, chipping away at small gains. Right. And I think I feel guilty with that because I recognize what it has to be. And yet I don't want it to be that. Mm. 
We all want the pill. We all want the pill, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I especially want the pill in this no, instance. I hear that. I mean, I was recently diagnosed with a degenerative disc disease in my lower back. So I tore some discs at the end of 2020 and then again just recently, like two months ago. Oh, jeez. Uh, and so I went to an, an orthopedic um, surgeon and they were like, did a couple x-rays comparatively from November to now. And, and they're like, yeah, like you, you definitely have it. Um and so I'm like, well, how, what pill do I take? So it like goes away. Like, what do I need? And they're like, oh no, like this is the rest of your life. You will have this. Um, and, and, and that phrase right there, yeah. I feel like that is its own prescriptive thing that you need like a month to yeah. process yeah. the rest of your life. Yeah. It, it's not like, oh, this is just like a, a singular year or two. Yeah. It, I think it, I think it, it fucked me up in a little bit and, and probably in, in ways it's like beneficial too, like to take it seriously and, and take like, kind of like you're saying like the, the PT stuff seriously. Cause there's no other solution aside from strengthening your core. Uh, I don't know if this is interesting <laughs> to any, anybody out there, but, it, but it's, um, but it's like, I don't know, it's my shit. Like I, if I don't take it seriously now, like I will tear more discs literally going back to you and, and your pelvic floor therapy. Like I think it's something that we should like, recognize is at odds with this idea of a perfect person and yeah that's bullshit yeah it's such bullshit but i think in austin of all places (laughs) there are so many sparkly pretty people here who can seemingly come across as perfect well i would say i would say you're one of them absolutely thank you i'm not trying to be though well i'm just trying to be me well that's what i'm saying and you're fine uh, just as you are (laughs) Mason Bradley, just as you are, you are perfect in this world for all of us here today and for those listening at home. Wow. Well, I can't think of a better ending for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, Drewski, thank you for listening. Thank you for recording. Oscar and Emmy, thank you for just creating some like general excitement. Uh, Laura, thank you for being the consummate co-host and friend that you are. And to you, the listener at home, thank you for tuning in. Thanks, y'all. And helping kick off Queer Town, the podcast, with uh, some much-needed enthusiasm and celebration. So from all of us at the clubhouse, um, I don't know. Have a great night. Have a great day. Have a great uh, week. I don't know. Wherever you are in life, I hope you're doing well. We love you.